0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And little questions that you must ask your financial advisor. Uh, the year's winding down, so maybe you're thinking about shopping for a new financial professional in the new year. Uh, not if you're working with Phil, of course never want to do that that's right but that's maybe right. you're looking for a new financial advisor uh,
1: so we got some questions life, this, life you know, circumstances totally changed right so well, that's true
0: right things change so some questions that you may want to consider asking them and hopefully that'll help arm you a little bit before you go out there and start shopping around so that's all on the docket this week on the show what's going on my friend how you doing
1: doing good doing good yeah
0: got some christmas yeah. cards over there Getting i see
1: all ready for the the christmas holiday absolutely yeah Got, got, a few, got a few of to... them. Got the, the office all decked out. My wife does a phenomenal job with decorating the Christmas tree and getting us all ready. So you're, so. Like,
0: you're like, not in here. We'll keep it low key.
1: That, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not enough room in my office. Well, we've got that oh, in the well, lobby. So
0: That's true. There you go. There you go. Well, let's get into some questions we can, you know, kind of toss out for folks to think sure. about here as they're thinking about uh, shopping around. And, and let's just start with a heavy hitter, Phil, because I think people, it's funny, like I talk to advisors all across the country, right? And and I hear such a, a an interesting split on this, like people, yeah. potential clients on this first one, they're either very reserved uh, to ask it, like they feel a little uncomfortable asking right. it, well, how, how do you or get they're paid? just blunt, or they're just blunt, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're like, yo, how do you get paid, right? But it's a fair question.
1: It's an absolutely fair question, so, and you need to know, so... Yeah.
0: Yeah, and there's multiple kinds. Right. Right. So, right. so, so and that's where you're trying if you're trying to find an advisor, this may be an important piece because how you're paying them or how they get paid may determine the kind of um, service you're getting. Maybe.
1: Right. Yeah. So there's really kind of think of it almost like two extremes. I mean, on the one end, there is a fee only advisor and that is just like it says they only get paid through some kind of fee. You know, so whether that's a flat fee arrangement, you know, um, some kind of an assets under management fee, but it's some some specific fee structure. Um, so and that's they,
0: different than transactional,
1: right? So they're not there's no transactional. They're not getting paid right. any kind of commission. You know, and and that's kind of their I don't want to say claim to fame, but that that is their um, stance. Is hey, we don't get paid any commission, so there's no bias to us on on what we place into your portfolio, your, you know, your investment strategy, because it's all the same from a fee standpoint and absolutely correct, you know, and and nothing wrong with fee only advisors. Yeah. So you just say,
0: Hey, build me a plan. And they say, sure, it's $500. There you go.
1: Right. So it could be that it could be, yeah, it's $500. Some, some fee specifically for the plan could be a monthly fee. You know, there's a lot of subscription type services where you pay your, pay them X amount per month. Um, if they're then managing investments, it could be an assets under management fee, you know, so depending on the amount of investments being managed, then there's a certain percentage fee. Um, my only concern with the fee-only advisor is that in the insurance world, so life insurance, annuities, long-term care, any insurance, typically the only way to get that is through commission. They're, they're commission-based products. Now, that being said, it, it that whole industry is starting to change very, very slowly. I mean, it's, you know, it's like the Titanic, right? It does not move quickly. You can't turn on a dime. Um, so they're, they're starting to come around, especially from the annuity standpoint, where, where there are some fee-based annuities now. So it doesn't have a, a, a commission built into it. Gotcha. But gotcha. that's my only concern with somebody being only a, just a fee-only advisor. Is that but if, they, it's, if
0: it's you know that, and it's what you're looking for, then fine. Right. But at least you're Absolutely. you're armed with it, right? Right. So just right. understand
1: most kind of their pros and cons and how they work.
0: Yeah. So and I think most advice and here's the, here's how I kind of see it anyway, and as the kind of consumer advocate, if you will, is that I think most people, if you're looking for a true retirement planner, again, a retirement planner, that you're going to be working with someone who's probably going to be doing something under the asset side, right? Right. Where they're getting, you know, so the better that you're doing, and they're they're better they're doing kind of situation, right? Right. Whereas uh, maybe growth, you know, brokers, things of that nature is going to be more transactional, going to maybe be more fee based, or even advisors who just build a plan, and or like an attorney, right? Like, here's the trust, see you. You know, kind of thing. But I think a lot of financial professionals like yourself are are having relationships where this is an ongoing thing. Absolutely, you're getting. uh, It's almost like being on retainer.
1: So that's where then kind of the next step between the two is going to be a fee, what they call fee based, and that's what I am, a fee based advisor. So. From the investment management standpoint, financial planning, that, that's a fee base, right? It's a it's similar to the fee only process that the only difference I'm not a fee only because I do also have an insurance license. So I can offer annuities, life insurance, long term care, et cetera, for my clients if it's appropriate for them. You know, so for, for, because of that, I cannot claim to be a quote unquote fee only, fee only advisors don't represent any of those products or companies. And they say, well, you need to talk to an outside person to do that. You know, so all of a sudden you don't have one person kind of overseeing the overall plan. Um, And usually fee only advisors will maybe have relationships that they refer to and there might be still some oversight, but Right, um, right. So, I mean, that's the difference. And then on the other end of it is going to be the commission based, right? So, in the securities type world, it's, it's all commissions, right? Every time it's all transactional, every time yeah, something a broker, gets sold, right? it's the broker, right? Yeah. You know, so those are the guys yeah. that are, you know, usually calling to, to say, Hey, there's this greatest, whatever, you know, next company, because that's all they get paid. Yeah, you know, sure. so they're, they're very transactional based. not to say there's anything wrong with that. Maybe that's what you're looking for. You know, so it really comes down to, to figuring out your scenario and what, what fits for you.
0: Yeah. You know? And that's the whole point. Right. So yep. when you're shopping for an advisor, say, you know, how do you get paid so that you can kind of see, you know, because that's going to also lead into some other questions like our expectations question right. here in a minute, because if they're only transactional and then you're like, hey, I never hear from my guy or gal unless they want to sell me something. Well, that's why. That's who, they are, right.
1: <laughs> who and, they are. Right. That's who they are. I mean, if, so, if you know, if you're very involved in your own investment philosophy and strategy and you just need somebody to place the trade. Well, then that's a mm-hmm. broker, right? And anymore, I mean, most people can do that on their own anyways. You know, so that, that commission-based broker, so to speak, um, if you're just looking for the transaction, isn't as valuable. Usually, I mean, they provide insight and things beyond, you know, make recommendations. So that's why somebody might still go that direction. But, But, yeah, it's really just understanding how they get paid. Nothing wrong with any of them. They have a place, you know, but just understand how they get paid that, you know, and, and
0: feel comfortable asking right, the question and, right. you know, it's nothing wrong with it. So, uh, this one's a little weird sounding, but you know, like, you know, you might say, well, what's your typical client look like? Right. So, uh, and, and again, that sounds weird in today's day and age, but basically you just kind of say it, you know, do you only work with people that are retired or do you work with pre-retirees? Right. You know, uh, you know, do you have an age bracket? You know, not that they're, you know, they're trying to be ageist in this, but they may, and this will make sense in a minute when we talk about philosophy. Right. But again, like, what does your typical client look like? Do you have a minimum? Some people, some advisors will only work for folks if they've got a million or two million or five million.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, our, our typical client, and again, this will come up as we get into some of these other questions, but because of our philosophy strategies, this is who fits um, that best. Right? So it's typically going to be somebody in and nearing retirement. So that leads to, say, age 50 plus. You know, so most people aren't even considering retirement until at least that. The reality is it's generally beyond that. You know, the other is going to be typically they're going to have a million or more in investable assets because a big component of our planning process is taxes. You know, not to say that somebody under that doesn't have a tax problem, they could. And we do work with clients that are under a million, but I've just from an average standpoint, who we see often kind of that common thread, so to speak. Is somebody fifty plus nearing retirement? Um, They've accumulated probably a million or more in investable assets. Um, A lot of that usually is in an IRA, 401k. You know, so there's tax deferred, Um, and they're just looking at you know how do I put all these pieces together? You know, and so they're they're not just here looking for advice. They're looking for advice to begin with, but then somebody to help them walk down that you know. So kind of that long term type relationship, and that's our goal too.
0: Yeah. So, Which circles back to the, to the style of pay, because right. again, you're kind of like almost like on a retainer kind of thing. Right. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the philosophy then. So what is your investment philosophy? So again, a fair question. If you go in and say, hey, you know, what's your investment style or what's your, um, you know, financial planning style, however you want to word that. Uh, and they're like, we're all about growth, baby, let's go, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I really want more protection. Well, then that could be a sign for you.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, with that in mind of who our average or typical client is, we're more um, protection orientated, right? So it, it's not, um, we don't use just straight index funds, you know, because somebody buying an index fund, nothing wrong with them. Again, it comes back to understanding what they are, where they fit, but you've got to be comfortable with riding the index, both the ups and the downs. You know, so most of our clients, they're at the later part of that stage of saving for retirement. So they've accumulated their money, not that they don't need to grow it. Um, they still have to, to keep up with inflation long term, but they're not at that stage willing to take a big gamble. Um, the bucket yeah. strategy we've talked about many times, that now, soon, and later bucket strategy, where we're specifically positioning risk. You know, so somebody nearing retirement, they still need that long term growth. Well, that can be in the later bucket, again, depending on their comfort level. But now that risk is positioned in such a way that it's not going to harm them as they're taking distribution soon. Bucket, that's going to be a more conservative investment strategy, because that's where you have the biggest risk from that sequence of returns as you're taking distribution. So,
0: and that all plays into the philosophy conversation. Absolutely, And, and I and I suppose this is kind of like a subset of that kind of like uh, part A or part B or whatever. Uh, and that's just, you know, specialty or a strength. Do you have one? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just for our show, exa- an example, you know, we're always talking about the fact that it's, well, it's Phil's tax, tax hacks, right? right? So you're a CPA as well as a personal financial specialist. So you, I would say you lean heavily towards the taxation side, oh, right? So that could be considered a specialty.
1: Yeah.
0: Or we have a client that we talk to sometimes, they only work with a specific, uh, like group of people. Sure. Like they only work with first responders, right? Right. That's a, that's a specialty. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So again, kind of back to that, my typical client, you know, they've accumulated a million or more a lot of times in a tax deferred account. Well, with my specialty being a CPA, you know, I've got a very tax focus on everything we do, the financial planning, that whole process. Um, they have a, a, a need, you know, a, a concern, an issue that a lot of them don't even realize yet. And that's going to be the tax burden that they're potentially facing as they enter retirement. You know, so that's where my specialty, the tax view on things plays in to their advantage. And and we're able to provide them a service that most advisors can't.
0: So there's a lot of advisors that might say, "Um, here's what we're thinking about doing, but also talk to your CPA. Right. Right. So they just they don't look at any of those kinds of sides of things. They just kind of do what they do in that kind of, uh, you know, in that nutshell, if you will. And so you have to have a team, whereas Maybe you want to talk with someone who kind of can do it all.
1: Well, and I, you know, I don't want to downplay the team aspect because there, there's benefits to that, but understand your traditional typical CPA and their philosophy around taxes. You know, I, I always say, and I'm a CPA, right? This is I, This is the world I grew up in, so to speak. So I know how this, how they think and how it works. But a typical CPA, I, I refer to them, and again, not to be derogatory, but it's like a horse with blinders on, right? So the world that they well, the, the world that they live in is last year, this year, next. That's it. Yeah, you know. So they they might go on a l- they might go on a little bit beyond that, but that that is really the world they live in. They just got finished up with last year, you know, with the extensions. Now they're working on this year, wrapping up, you know, planning for the end of the year, looking into next year a little bit as they're doing that. But that's it, you know. So that's where they live. And in the retirement world, if that's your focus, you're going to get the wrong answer. From a tax standpoint because you have to look way beyond that and that's where most traditional cpas just don't believe that way and and this is me when i first entered the the financial advising right. world yeah, we yeah, about that. yeah i had the same view i'm like what are you talking about Talk- 10 years down the road you can't control that what do you just you know this is what we can control today and you're right but you're you're wrong in that you can't control what it looks like in 10 years because Structurally, where money's at, certain things are going to happen. You can't control taxes and what the law is going to be and everything. No. But but based on what the law is today, we know if that stays the same, this is what that looks like down the road. So, yeah. and you have to plan, you have to for, plan for, for it. So, issue. it's yeah. To, yeah. So, again, it's not nothing wrong with having an outside CPA, but typically, if, unless they have that long term focus, which most don't, that's just not their, how they're trained. They're not going to give you the right advice.
0: And again, that's why we're asking, ask these questions, right? Find out exactly what kind of person that you need to be working with or kind of uh, firm. And we'll get to that in a second too. So let's talk a little bit more on the um, expectation side. Uh, Simple question. How much contact do you have with your clients, right? So if you go in and set the expectations early, it's going to help stave off some problems. I mentioned earlier in the show, or somebody will say, I only hear from my guy or gal when they want something.
1: When They want to sell me something, right?
0: Maybe they're transactional. That could be the first piece, which also might be why you don't hear from them Uh, until they do. But also, even if you're working with someone who you are having a relationship with in still set those expectations, is it once a year? Is it twice a year? You know, what does that look like? And I imagine it's probably more early on in retirement and building the plan, but then it probably does change. Over
1: Absolutely. Time. So, I mean, the, the early stages of it is very involved. You know, there's three, four meetings. It, 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 I always tell the client as we're going into this, it really depends on them. You know, my mm-hmm. goal in that process as we're building the plan out together and that's the key—is it's together. I'm not just developing a plan and saying here it is. You know, it, it's a discussion and a process as we go through.
0: That's back to that fee—that fee-only person. They built the plan and said here it is, right? right? You're not doing. Yeah, that. my
1: goal in that process is to show them pros and cons on all these different decisions they're making: Social Security, pensions, you know, um, Roth conversions, and the tax side of it. All these different aspects and things that they have to look at as they put the plan together. So that at the end of the day, they made an informed decision. So very involved up front. And then in the maintenance phase, so to speak, the ongoing process, it's still going to be two, three meetings a year. It really depends on the client. You know, at least a couple of times a year as we're, and we've just gone through this process with all our clients that we're doing Roth conversions on doing the year and planning around Roth conversions. This is our plan. What does this year look like? What's the conversion amount? Let's get it implemented.
0: Yeah. And that, and that expectation field is yeah, obviously easy if you're nowhere near the office. Right. right. But if you're close to the advisor that you're thinking about seeing and you want to, you know, ask yourself that question, like, do I need do I feel better with the face to face? Do I want to shake this person's right. hand, you know, or or am I fine with the digital? Right. right? So, and, again, all questions yeah, to ask. And we
1: can do both ways. And we do. You know, so really, a lot of our clients start out and most of our clients actually start out face to face, you know, just because, again, it's it's a big decision. and, and there's. You know, not much or, or there's things we, you can't pick up on in, in the digital and the zoom, right? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, nothing wrong with it. It's a great tool. Um, but it's a lot of times clients are more comfortable in the initial stages until they have the comfort level. Once it's, there's a relationship and they know who you are. We have several clients that like the, the aspect of a digital meeting like this because. You know, if they've got to drive a half hour, 45 minutes, that's both ways. Well, hey, there's an hour that I can just save sitting in my living room, sipping a cup of coffee as we have this discussion. And that's fine. You know, if that works, that's great. Let's do it.
0: And then they can use it against you and say, hey, my financial guy doesn't think I should wait. That's right.
1: (laughs) It wasn't in the budget this month. (laughs) The, The B word. That's right. Right.
0: That's right. And then and then you ha- and then you can have the fun game of wondering, are they wearing? <laughs>
1: That's and right. Don't stand up
0: because <laughs> uh, I have shorts on right now. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So uh, additional resources. Right. Another another fair question. And again, like when I mentioned in these things, these are things to maybe ask the potential advisor you're shopping for. But it's also things to ask yourself. Right. Like so like I was just saying, how much contact do you? Well, how much contact do I want to have? with? Yep. Him, right. So it's a two way street on that. Uh, additional educational resources. I think most advisors, everybody can kind of see that most advisors have a, a you know pretty good smattering of stuff, right? They have stuff on their website, videos podcast is another, you know, form of that. Uh, some do lunch and learns and, and you do educational
1: classes. So We so do educational like classes. I mean, that's how typically we get in front of our, our clients um, is providing that education to those that are in and nearing retirement with the questions around Social Security, taxes, Medicare. I mean, those are kind of the big three topics that most individuals starting to, to look at retirement have. Um, but beyond that, the podcast, I mean, this is a big source of education for our clients and, you know, just people that have attended classes or following us. I love educating. You know, it, it, I think it's key. And I always tell people in my class, look, there, as you're entering retirement, there's a lot of things that you may not be aware of that you have to make decisions on. And you better go in with an understanding, at least, the pros and cons as you make those decisions. Not just, well, you know, my buddy at work said this, or, you know, I had a, an uncle. He seems to be doing really good, so I'm going to do what he did. That might be the right decision, but it may not be in your scenario because you're different than everyone else. So, exactly. Um, you know, exactly. those and then um, just wrapping up a book, so that should be out after the first of the year. So, oh, my yeah. first book that's okay. that's been an interesting process. So,
0: nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, we'll have to start talking more yeah. about that. We'll start doing more on that on the podcast, yep. and we'll we'll even put little little uh, blips in here on the show for it. Um, all right, so I got two left. We can kind of probably wrap them up into one, really. Sure. I suppose. Uh, And just kind of cover it, but it's the concept of, and to me, this is, this goes back to what kind of firm are you looking for? So boutique, maybe mid-sized or or a bigger firm, right? So the question is, is, you know, who do I talk to? In the case of an emergency, that's one. And the is, or sub-question is, uh, am I working with you, right? So I see you on the podcast. Am I actually working with you or do I get a junior advisor or something like that? Well, I think picking the size of the firm is going to play into right. that a little bit because you're only one person. There's only so much time in Correct. a day, right? So a small boutique firm, you're probably going to be working with that person a right. bit more than a bigger firm where, you know, they've got 15 advisors on staff and they have to ha- service a whole lot of people Yeah,
1: so we're a smaller boutique type firm i mean it's myself my son-in-law brandon and then we've got an assistant eric so it's this is who you get you know so you're working typically with me brandon's very involved in the process he does the medicare side of of the business for our clients and helping them with all those decisions but he's also securities Mm -hmm. licensed um and, and is working more towards this side of the business the investment the financial planning Um, he, you know, he's got the licenses for it and actually he does all the, the legwork behind the scenes in the financial planning process. So he knows exactly the process and and what we're doing and our philosophy, you know, as we're building these plans out. So he's the one after we have the discussion, he goes back and puts all the numbers together to make it work so we can have that next discussion. So you're, you're going to be working with me. So if I'm out sick, Brandon steps in and he knows, you know, what, what the plan was developed and how it was developed and what's based on. He has the licenses and everything needed to step in and do whatever I'm doing in the event that I'm not here, so...
0: And, you know, I think people are funny, like most of us are fine with that. And we realize that, but every once in a while, right. You kind of get a little, little wild hair or something. And you're like, oh, no, I got to talk yeah, to the yeah. guy, you know, you know, uh, but you even think about your mechanic, right. You know, it's like you go in and you see your favorite you know, mechanic, you know, and you're like, Hey, Tony, my car's messed up, blah, 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 blah. And you have been talking to Tony for years, but when you the odds do are so that much, he has yeah. one of his, he has one yeah. of those other mechanics. He has one of his other guys working on the car when you yeah. leave. Right. Um, you know, kind of thing. And, and he's overseeing and he's going and double checking and all that kind of stuff. And it's the same kind of thing in, in tons of businesses. Right. So I get it. A question to ask yourself is, do I want the boutique? But keep in mind with the boutique thing, it also, you know, if they're busy, it may be a little harder to get somebody right immediately on the phone. Whereas if they've got 25 people in the office servicing calls, you know, you may get a response back a little mm-hmm. faster, although you may feel more like a number over there and you feel more like a person over here.
1: It, it depends again, on, all depends questions on you what you're looking yourself. for. Right. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, again, that's the whole point of the podcast this week, was just questions to ask your advisor really and yourself if you're in the market to uh, shop around for one. And so if you need some help and you are uh, in the Michigan area and you'd like to talk with Phil or, or face or to not, face, yeah, well, can we could can can do Zoom. Zoom. So but you can do zoom if you're not in the michigan area too so either way you want to do it uh just reach out to them and if you got some questions you should always check with a qualified pro as i say each and every week because you know you need to do that make sure you talk with someone specifically about your situation before you just wholesale willy-nilly jump into something and phil can help of course at phil's that's phil's don't forget to hit the uh, subscribe heart button thingy whatever on youtube and Uh, Apple and Spotify and all that good jazz and we will see you next time right here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts Phil